Luke chapter 2, verse number 7 says this. Mary gave birth to her first, first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth. She laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. And that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared unto them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, do not be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Pay attention to that. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us, told us about. And they hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph and there was the baby laying in the manger. I've been talking to you about the promise of Christmas and today I want to talk to you about hope revealed and hope fulfilled. Over the past nearly two years, uh, hope has kind of been held at bay. In fact, good news has been held captive. We've experienced a global pandemic, sickness, uh, I, I hate to say, but the death of, of our loved ones, uh, loss of income uh, over the past year, inflation, uh, things, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, it doesn't seem like things are improving. And uh, you'll remember about, uh, I don't know, 20 months ago or so, when this thing first started, uh, it, it kind of hit us. It was kind of nice for a while because we got to stay home a little bit. You know, they said, stay home, okay? And we got to take it easy, right, James? We got to relax a little bit. Okay, now that's okay for a couple days, all right, but for weeks on end, that's, that's you know, get, starts to get, get to us a little bit. And, and so when, when it started, they said, if you'll just be patient, if you'll just hold on for just a little while, if you'll just give us 14 days, this thing is going to completely go away, and we're going to get back to normal, but you've got to be patient, and this whole thing is going to going to pass and we'll get back to normal. But that hasn't happened. In fact, even right now, there's people that's, that's in our own congregation that's suffering from this sickness. And uh, so hope has been in short supply. Hope has been uh, held at bay. But the first thing I want to talk to you about is this, that the wise never lose hope. The wise never lose the promise of hope, the promise of God. Before the birth of Jesus Christ, the nation of Israel was in complete misery. They were no, get this, they were no longer a powerful nation. 
They were living under the rule of Caesar. They weren't free to live as they wanted. They were subject to the mandates of Rome. They were broken down. They were beaten down. They were tired. They were weary. They were literally living at one of the darkest places and the darkest points in all of history. But get this, the wise never lose hope because there were some people that were holding on to the Old Testament prophecies and deep inside of their heart and deep inside of their soul, they knew that God had promised to send a Messiah. They knew that God had promised to send a, a, a Savior to come and to rescue them. And they held on to the ancient promises. My friend today, I want to encourage you to hold on to the promises of God no matter what might be happening in your life because wise people never lose hope. They say we're, we're going to go forward. We're, 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 there's there's going to be victory ahead for us. And God is going to make a way. Where there does not seem to be a way, God is going to make a way. Now, last week, I spoke to you about an angel named Gabriel. And he came to a young teenage girl by the name of Mary. And he came and told her that, what's going on? Is my phone ringing? Yeah, Okay. I knew this was going to happen, okay? <laughs> Let's see who it is. How you doing there? How's it going? <laughs> Did you just say, okay. Forget it. Let me put this thing on silent, okay? This is actually what I'm holding in my hand. This is Debbie's phone, and I found it. And I thought I'd just pick it up, carry it around with me. <laughs> And I thought, you know what, I'm probably going to get a phone call in the middle of my message because she's looking for her phone, okay? But I've got it right here, all right? The wise, <laughs> the wise never lose sight of hope. The angel Gabriel appeared to marry a teenage girl, a single lady. She was engaged. The, the angel said this, you are going to give birth to the Messiah, the Son of God. Mary wondered how it could be. She was still a virgin. She'd never been with a man before. But Mary trusted in God to bring it all to pass. Mary held on to hope in spite of the circumstances that looked completely impossible. And in a dark world, Mary believed that the Messiah was on his way. And Mary believed that in a dark world, that if she could be an instrument of God's glory, she would do it. Man, that's a point that I want to make to you today, that in a dark world, if we can be an instrument of the glory and power of God, let's do it. Let's don't talk about how bad it is. Let's talk about hope. Let's talk about the Savior, Jesus Christ. And Mary never lost sight of hope. The Roman governor ordered, here was Mary. She was anticipating, she obviously became pregnant obviously was getting larger and larger, and uh, her and Joseph got married. The, the, the uh, uh, governor of Rome, he ordered a census to be taken, and the decree said this, the, 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 the decree from the governor said this, that every citizen must travel to their original homeland. And because Joseph, her husband, was a descendant of King David, they had to travel to Bethlehem. Now, that would be a difficult journey for Mary. Okay, a difficult journey on a camel, 
a difficult journey, journey on a donkey. Imagine, ladies, those of you that have been pregnant, those of you that have had children, imagine you're riding on a donkey or you're riding on a camel or you're riding on a cart. You're nine months pregnant, okay? You're overdue, okay? You're feeling every bump in the road. I don't pretend to know anything about pregnancy. I'm a man, okay? But <laughs> ladies, you know a lot more... You know a lot more about it than I do, okay? Let's don't overdo it, okay, guys? Let's... All right. It's a difficult journey. But the prophet had written in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem, and God always brings his promises to fulfillment. Get that. If God said it, God is going to do it. And so Mary and Bethlehem, or Mary and Joseph, they got to Bethlehem. They found no lodging. They found no hotel. They found no bed and breakfast. Okay? They found no place where they could rent for the night. So the only place they found was a stable. Yet Mary and Joseph trusted in God through the struggle they held on to hope. Friend, through your struggle, hold on to God. Through your struggle, hold on to hope today. Hold on to the promises of God. This past week, I told you it was a good week for the church. And uh, God works in ways that often don't make much sense to us. But don't question God. God's thoughts and his actions are much higher than ours. This week, we were digging in the mud Okay, we had to redig and rebury our electric lines four foot deep. We're digging in the mud. Brandon's on a, on a, our, our district bishop called and he's asked what we was doing. I tell him we're redigging, buried, you know, redigging and, and reburying some electrical lines. He said, "Do you have a good backhoe operator?" I said, "Yes, we do. His name's Brandon Kelly," and I sent him a snap, a picture of Brandon on the, on the backhoe. Okay, and he's there, and so we, you know. We, we dug these things up, got them all out of the ground, and uh, cleaned all the pipe up because we're going to reuse it because it's very expensive. And uh, what happened was it rained, and the, the, the whole trench collapsed. So we're down there. We're digging it out with picks and shovels. We reached a point, uh, like a breakthrough point, and it's just like Brandon and Ethan had to go somewhere. They, they went to Butler Supply to buy some some fittings or something, some couplings or something. They went there, and I'm down there on my knees. God got me right where I wanted, on the knees. Down on my knees, I'm in the trench. It's four foot deep. I'm down here. I'm digging with a shovel. I'm picking, and the whole time I'm saying, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm, th now, I'm thinking in my mind, God, I don't know why. I'm thinking, God, why? How many other crazy pastors in the world would be in a four-foot ditch? Very few, okay? I know Stephen Furtick wouldn't be, okay? Nothing against him, but I'm sure he wouldn't be. But I am, and I'm saying, God, why? Why, God, why? And here's what God said. Bob, just trust in me because I will show you my glory in a muddy ditch. There's some of you right now, and you feel like you're on your knees digging in a muddy ditch, and here's what God is saying. Just trust in me, and you will see my glory in that muddy ditch. Don't lose sight of hope. 
God works in unusual ways many times his, to reveal his glory, to reveal himself unto you. Mary was in labor in an uncomfortable stable. She's probably wondering, why God? Why God? Why couldn't we got a room at the, at the Bethlehem Ritz-Carlton? God, why couldn't we got a room at the, at the, at the Bethlehem Hilton? God, why couldn't we even got a room at the Bethlehem Motel 6? But God, here I am. I'm in labor with the Son of God, the Messiah. God, why God? Why God? And I believe that God might have told Mary, God, listen, Mary, I'm getting ready to show the world my glory through this stable. And in that lowly place, Mary gave birth to the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior, the Redeemer, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is my soon coming King. Point number two, I've already said it, I'll state it again. God works in unusual ways to bring forth His glory. But we're holding on to hope, okay? We're holding on to the promises of God. And many times God will work in, in unconventional ways to show his glory and to show his power and to give you the breakthrough that you need. Why? So you'll know that God did it. If it was so easy we could do it ourselves, why would we even need God? Okay? But God works in unusual ways. He's showing forth his glory. An angel of the Lord, Jesus was born. An angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds. Now that would be an unusual sight. You're out in the field and uh, angels sel seldom appear to men or women, common men or women. But, but God knew that these shepherds held on to hope. God knew that these shepherds were holding on to the ancient, ancient promises. God knew that these common shepherds were holding on at, because they were faithful men. It was the middle of the night. They're still in the field. There's, the, the Bible says they're guarding their flocks. They knew exactly what their role was. They knew exactly what their assignment was. There was nothing glamorous about their job. You know, some, sometimes we just get tired. You ever get tired and weary, okay? Being a dad, being a, especially being a mom, okay? Tired and weary. Uh, you're a single parent. We're tired and weary, We've been giving it our best. We've been doing all that we can. We're, we're a married lady or a married man. We're having frustrations in our marriage. We're having difficulty with our, with our spouse. We're, we're going through a great struggle. We're going through adversity in our life. We've got to maintain hope today. We've got to, we've got to keep giving, getting up if we're a mom and dad. I'm a mom or dad. We got to keep giving, getting up, and and, and serving our, our 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 children. If we're a husband, we got to get keep getting up and, and and serving, and yes, going to work. If if we're uh, whatever our role is, that we're faithful in whatever the, the assignment, it, it it's it goes unnoticed many times. It is not glamorous, and God chose to send the message of Jesus Christ, the message that the Messiah had come through common, ordinary shepherds. Why? Because they held on to hope and God knew that these were faithful people. They're faithful people. They were busy with their sheep. No one noticed them. There's a lot of us, understand this, there's a lot of us and we dream of doing something great for God. We say, one of these days I want to do something really great for God. 
But my question to you is this. How are we handling the simple assignment that God has placed in our hands right now? How are we handling the unnoticed assignment right now? There's There's something that you're doing in your life. How are you handling it? Are we complaining about it? Are we grumbling about it? Are we getting up every day and we're faithful in the small thing, in the little things? The Bible tells me this. If we'll be faithful over small, insignificant things, he's promised to do, to do, to do this, to make us a ruler over many things, to give us greater tasks and greater assignments, to be faithful with what God has given us. God chose to give the good news of the Savior of Jesus Christ to people that were completely unnoticed and overlooked. God works in unusual ways to bring forth his glory. The angel appeared in the glory in the radiance of heaven, it says. The angel brought the message of joy and hope. The angel said this. He said, I bring good news that will bring great joy, not to just a few people, but understand this. God brought the good news to every single person. God brought the good news to people that look like us and people that don't look like us. God brought the good news to people that think like us and to people that don't think like us. You got to understand this. God brought the good news, wait a minute, for Republicans and Democrats. Both sides, all right? It doesn't make any difference. The good news. God brought the good news for the liberal and the conservative. He brought the good news. God deals with every single person. God loves every single person today. He brought the good news of great joy, not to just a few people in the world, but to every single man and woman, boy and girl throughout the world to proclaim that Jesus was the Savior of the world, had been born in Bethlehem. It was unusual that shepherds were the first to hear the good news. It was unusual that God's earthly messengers were ordinary shepherds. But but God understands who is the most receptive to his message. And God works in unusual ways to bring forth his glory. God knows who is going to get up and do something about it. God knows who's going to take the message. A king would have been too self-absorbed. A famous person would have been too arrogant. A rich person would have been too distracted by his own possessions to go find Jesus. But faithful shepherds had receptive hearts to the joy and the good news about Jesus. They were receptive to believe the message and to see the glory of God. The glorious message that were not just a for for just a few people, but the glorious message for every single person, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl that would ever be born throughout all times. The good news is for common people. The message came to common people. I want to talk to you about that for just a minute. The message came to insignificant people. The message came to ordinary people. I want you to understand that. In the New Testament, There's a parable of a wedding feast, you know. Now, my son, Ethan, is getting ready to get married in a few months, okay? And his fiancée was with us this weekend, but she had to go back to her church this morning down Steelville because they had a kids program going on, Christmas program. So she 
you know, but so there's there's going to be a wedding feast, you know, coming up and, and a, a wedding and just the whole nine yards with all that stuff. And so there was a there was a very rich individual and he had a son or daughter getting married, bit, planned a big wedding ceremony, planned a big banquet, sent out all the invitations. Here's who he sent the invitations to the affluent people, the rich people, the important people the movers and the shakers, the prominent men and women of that particular area that he lived in. And then they got everything all ready, Joe, and they prepared the big meal. And the day came and everybody said, sorry, I can't make it. The rich said, I can't make it. The affluent said, I can't make it. The politician said, I can't make it. The movers and shakers said, I can't make it. That's very disappointing. When no one comes to your kid's wedding, so here's what the rich guy said. He sent his servant out and said, listen, I want you to go to the highways. I want you to go to the byways. I want you to find the common people. I want you to find the ordinary people. I want you to find the homeless people. Invite them to come. And here's what happened. They came in droves. They came one after another, 10 here, 20 there, 30 here, 100 there. And they kept coming and they kept coming and they kept coming and they kept coming. You see, common people are often more receptive to the things of God. Why? Because common people, are they know that they need hope. They know that they need breakthrough in their life. They, they're not perfect but they know that they need God. And that is the person that God can really deal with, someone that knows that they're a sinner. I would much rather deal with sinners than a bunch of Pharisees. I'll take a church full of sinners over a church full of Pharisees every single day of the week, of the year. <laughs> because Pharisees are looking down on everybody and sinners are looking up because they know where they're at. That's who got invited, the ordinary people. You see, ordinary people, let me, let me describe it like this. Ordinary people are more affected by the issues of life, okay? Ordinary people are impacted. Listen, if, if you're a common person and you go to your job next Monday, and you find out you just got laid off at Christmas time. I used to work in construction, okay? For many years, I worked in construction. And we had this bad thing that happened every year on December 31st. We laid off 30 or 40 guys. That's sad. I'm, I'm going home on New Year's Eve, and I'm totally bummed out. I didn't even get laid off. But I'm thinking of all the other guys that got laid off, you know? Why? Because common, ordinary people are more affected by the issues of life. Common, ordinary people are more affected when we go, when we go to the gas station, instead of gas being $2.49, it's $3.49. Can I get a witness? We're more impacted when we go to buy our kids Christmas presents and we found out the Barbie doll just went up $10. Okay, right? <laughs> <laughs> or what it is, whatever it is that your child wants. We're, we're more impacted by the issues of life. We're, we're, more we're closer to the raw realities of life. We're more impacted many times by tragedy and by disaster. And sometimes, you know, as, as just common, ordinary people, we kind of get a bad attitude, okay? And our attitude is kind of this. 
Everything has always gone wrong in the past, and now what is going to go wrong again? <laughs> Don't we feel that way? It, it went, the bottom fell out last year, and so it's probably going to fall out again this year, okay? But there's hope. Wise people always maintain hope. Wise people are holding out. Better days are coming. Better times are coming. There's an old song that a friend of mine used to sing in church, and he'd sing it a cappella. Better days coming. You ever heard the song? Better days coming. Better days coming. You know? Hold on. Maintain that hope. And, and God can work in an, in an unusual way to bring forth his glory, to bring forth his will, to bring forth his promises. Many times common people are seeking for joy and good news. And the shepherds, the angels showed up and they told the shepherds, good news, great joy has come. The Savior's been born. And after the shepherds heard the news, they went to Bethlehem. They found Jesus exactly as the angels declared. The shepherds bowed and worshiped Jesus. The shepherds beheld the glory of the Messiah. They held, beheld the glory of the newborn king. And then here's what they said. Here's what happened. Luke chapter 2, verse 17. Here's what, here's what they did. After seeing him, after seeing Jesus, the shepherds told everyone what happened and what the angel had said to them about the child. You see, after they saw Jesus, they were never the same again. After Jesus comes into your life, you'll never, ever be the same again. So here's what they did. They left that place. I'm getting ready to close. They left that place, and they said, I got I to gotta go tell someone. I got to tell somebody. You got to tell somebody. Stand up and testify. You got to tell somebody. You ever heard it? You got to When Jesus comes, you just got to tell someone. You got to tell somebody. Jesus Christ, and that's exactly what the shepherds did. They went and told people. They went and told common people. They went and told sick people. They went and told desperate people. They went and told people that were struggling with disappointments and with handicaps and that was impacted and affected by all kinds of hardships and disappointments. They went and told everybody. But get this, I think they also went and told mean people and bad people and ugly people and sinners. Why? Because they knew that the message of hope. The angel said this, the good news isn't just for good people. It's not just for righteous people. The angel said this, the good news, get this, shepherds, is for everyone. It's for that person that you don't like. It's for that person that doesn't look like you. It's for that person that doesn't smell like you. It's for that person that doesn't think like you or act like you. The message, the good news is for everyone. And so here's what they did. They went and they told everybody. They told everybody. Last point, and it's just for just a second. God is still looking for a man or woman to share the good news of Jesus Christ to everybody. Who needs it? Common people, sick people, desperate people, handicapped people, bad people, sinners, lost people, addicted people, rich people, poor people. Every person who will simply call upon the name of Jesus in faith and humility 
The joy of heaven and the good news of Jesus is for everyone. Maybe you're that person today. Maybe you're that individual this morning that's looking for hope. You've lost all hope. You're totally discouraged. You're completely despondent. You've given up on hope. There's hope today in Jesus Christ. The good news is still real. He's still alive. You say, how do you know? Because he lives in my life. You say, how do I know that he's alive? Because I see people, I know people that were bound by drugs and alcohol and Christ has set them free. Are they perfect? No, they're still struggling, many of them. <clears throat> but I see the change. I see the transformation in them. Maybe you're that person and you're looking and you're longing and you're searching. Jesus Christ is the good news that you're looking. Jesus Christ is the Savior. Today, wise people hold on to hope. They never lose it. And let me encourage you this morning and let you know this, that God might be working in an unusual way. My, God might have put you right in a muddy ditch because <laughs> he's wanting to show you his glory. He's wanted to show you what breakthrough is. He's wanted to show you that you didn't do it by yourself. There's some of us, and we're so proud of what we can do. And that's our whole problem. We just can't get the break. We can't get the breakthrough spiritually because we think it's all about our own works. It's not. It's about what he can do. And we got to fall on our face before God and say, listen, I can't do this by myself. Lord, you've got to do it. You've got to make me a new creature in Christ Jesus. My works, I yes, I'm very skilled, but within my own works, I cannot do anything. We've got to realize this, that God works in unusual ways to show forth his glory. Right now, God is working and God is doing some unusual things in your life right now. You say, I'm going through a storm. Right now, God, you're in the middle of that storm. God's working today. If you'll look around, you'll, you'll see the hand of God right now. You'll see the hand of God. Let's close today with prayer. Dear God, right now, we're so thankful for Jesus, our Lord and Savior, who came, born in Bethlehem of a virgin, born in a stable, wasn't wrapped in a nice, clean blanket. He was wrapped in just strips of cloth. There was such a struggle. But God, he was born. And God, all heaven declared his greatness and all heaven declared his glory. And the shepherds came and they beheld the Son of God they beheld the Savior, the Redeemer, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Mary held him in her arms, and she held the Son of God in her arms, the Messiah. And they witnessed that there was something unusual, that this child would change all of history, that this child would change the destinies of nations and the destinies of men and women everywhere. And God, I pray that once again we'll look to that child who's now our Savior, who died upon a cross for our sin, who rose on the third day, that we might look to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that we might look to Jesus Christ to find hope, 
that we might look to Jesus Christ to find peace and victory in our life. We've been trying to do it by ourselves. We've been trying to do it on our own terms, but God, we need you to show up right now and to help us and to bless us and to encourage us today. We pray these things in Christ's name. In Jesus' name, we thank you today. We thank you today, Lord. Now I want to ask you...